We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithanee.org.au. I'm so excited this year. Like, you might hear every time somebody mentions Christmas at LifePoint, I go, woo! Because that's what happens inside of me. I am the sweatiest man in the world. I'm disgusting to be near at a working bee. No one will stand under a ladder because it's gross. But you know what? Every drop of that sweat could be leaning towards leading someone to Jesus, couldn't it? Every single bit of it, every light we put on this building. I remember years ago, we used to have the shove the light in the socket and if one goes, 10 go. It was awful. And then after a couple of years, all the colour went off them. And I remember seeing little kids and our older folks painting individual bulbs for Jesus. How amazing is that? How can you not get excited? You know, some people go, oh, I'm going to be so tired. So what? People come to Jesus. Hey, how good is it? How many times a year are you going to rock up at something that has 30,000 people and get to share who Jesus is? Hey, that's why I throw my heart and my soul into the thing. Because it has a life of its own when you're here. It's just absolutely extraordinary. And apart from that, it's heaps of fun. You see Ursie doing the fairy floss, her hair goes all pink. I saw one of the kids, she lifted up her arm, and she had pink armpit hair. <laughs> it was awesome. That's was so funny. She said, what are you looking at? I thought, nothing, I can't say anything. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes we look, we look at things like this and we think, I don't want to. I don't want to. Because I don't want to be tired. Sometimes God says, I want you to do something. And we say, I don't want to. I don't want to. Do you know, when God says something to you, it's a calling. It's not a choosing. When God sets something before you, things begin to change. Because when God calls, if you ignore it, guess what? You're coming back around again. And you'll keep coming back around again to the same thing. Over and over I've learned in my life. Now there was a prophet in the Old Testament, dude by the name of Ezekiel. Now this guy saw some weird stuff. Okay, if you don't know who Ezekiel is, that's just a little bit of a background about him. But God gives him this vision. And he sets him in this valley of dry bones. And it says there's bones everywhere and they were very, very dry. And God says, can these bones live? And he says, Lord, only you know that. But listen what happens. It says in verse four, he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says, look, I'm gonna put breath in you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle in you, cover you with skin. I'll put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I'm the Lord. Imagine being told to do that to a skeleton. I mean, even one that's ordered, but this was a whole valley of dry bones. And he speaks the Word of God and a rattling begins. And each bone becomes bone to bone. 
each one placed in the place, in the body it's supposed to be. So into this chaos, the Word of God speaks and brings order. Starts to put things together, starts to put sinews on muscles and regrows. This is the power of the Word of God. Our new series is, how are you gonna hear church? If you hear the voice of God, don't harden your heart, but let it be a place of softness, a place of life, a place where something begins to grow. Because we've got a prophetic relevance to speak the Word of God here and now, to start to lean on the truth that we should be leaning on, to speak it into our society, to speak it into our relationships. You know, it's been said 100 years ago that the the Word of God would die out and be replaced by something better and something more evolved. Do you know this week, the YouVersion Bible app was downloaded for half a billion times. Half a billion times. Think about that. The Bible, this irrelevant book, over 100 million of them are purchased each year or given away. It is the best-selling book of all time, every time, year in, year out. So much so that it's been removed from the bestseller list. Think about that. And in 2000 years, no one has ever improved on the moral or ethical teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's gotta say something, doesn't it? It says that the Word of God is powerful and we need to lead with it. Have you ever been like, I got a GPS in the car and this lady is so patient. She's got an English accent. Please do a U-turn whenever it's safe. It's like, but I was going that way. He goes, please do another U-turn. Please do a U-turn. And she's infinitely patient. If it was me on the GPS, I'd say, would you turn around? You're driving me bonkers, man. But just turns you around, turns you around, turns you around. I wonder if the Word of God's like that for us. Bit of a GPS that says, how about you turn around and do things my way? Isaiah 55, have a listen to this. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so, your, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than yours. Here's our GPS, the Word of God. The problem is with the hearing. Does anybody get wax in their ears? I'm the king of wax. I got my own syringing kit. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I know that's disgusting. Yeah, I must admit that's probably an overshare, but that's okay. Sorry for you at home that's sort of like. But sometimes you just don't hear. I swear sometimes Di thinks I have a filter that blocks out the sound of her voice. And we do sometimes. Sometimes we filter over and over again. But when it comes to the Word of God, we need to clean our ears out, don't we? We need to clean them out to actually do what it says. Because if we're going to change and transform people, we need to not speak rubbish, don't we? 
We, not, we, we need to not give people empty platitudes, but the power of God, the truth of who He actually is and how that truth works. If I can say anything to you this morning, church, I charge you, get back to reading your Bibles. Get back to the place of prayer because this is the source of life. Don't get theology from Facebook. It's, it is the worst. I love it when I watch beautiful Christian people go, I looked at this verse, what do you think? You think, don't ask them, they've got no clue. It's like taking a mechanic, the wheel's falling off. Do you think it needs more oil? Yes, of course it does. And people start to speak this stuff without even realising they need to get back to the source. Need to get back to who God is, to open the Word and actually hear His voice. You know, in John it says, where are the sheep of His pasture who know the voice of their shepherd? Wouldn't it be so much cooler to be in a situation and hear God's voice in it? So that what comes out of your mouth is powerful. What comes out of your mouth brings transformation and change. See, 1 Corinthians 14, 8, beautiful verse, it says, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? As the people of God, we need to know what we're on about. We need to be able to hear properly the voice of the King to be the leaders that we're supposed to be. Because as soon as we come to faith, we are a leader of something. Whether it's the community around you or wider. Whether it's your family. Because haven't we been praying for revival? And revival is an overwhelming presence of God where God's people all seem to get it at the same time. We've been asking for that. We've been saying, God, please bring it. I wonder if we've tacked on the end whatever it takes. Because revival means a revolution within us. Revival means things have to change. We've got to be prepared for things to go upside down for us, to rebuild the foundation of our lives, to get back to what's really important and meaningful. Do you know what? Sometimes it means getting rid of stuff. Sometimes it means just getting rid of things out of your life that are doing you no good. Sometimes that can be new age stuff. Sometimes that can be some occult stuff. Don't play with it, get rid of it. Sometimes it's questionable books, questionable movies. Whatever takes your heart away from the Bible and who God is, dump it. Because revival means consecration. It means setting apart to be set apart for God. Do you know the worst advice I ever got from someone? And this is Hollywood Advice 101. Just follow your heart. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. If I followed my heart, I'd have half a dozen ram trucks in my driveway. I'd be in so much debt I wouldn't be able to eat. Could you imagine that? If you're married, every single day is like a honeymoon, isn't it? No, sometimes it's hard. 
But if you followed your heart, you would have bugged out ages ago, wouldn't you? The heart is stupid. It is, it's got to be tempered with wisdom and with the Word of God. Otherwise, we can do weird stuff. Scripture actually says, guard your heart. It's a wellspring of life. Think about that. Would God tell you to guard something that wasn't under attack? So we need to guard our hearts. How do we do that? We do that by building Scripture in, by building meaningful things in, by hearing what the Word of God is saying to the church. By worshipping on a Sunday morning. You might think you're just sitting here having a sing, but this changes spiritual climates. This actually tunes you into who God is. It's almost like an usher at the theatre, only Anna's just bringing you into the presence of God and saying, have a seat. It's so cool that we get to do that as a team of people. See, for Christmas lights, what is the Spirit of God saying? I reckon the Spirit of God is actually shouting at the moment. Hope, hope, hope. We've got to be able to hear it, don't we? Everywhere around us, we see division, we see disunity, we see people attacking each other. And God is shouting hope, hope in the middle of this, unity in the middle of this. My gospel is one of power. You agree? Are you sure? You don't look like it. You look scared. I can't attack you all at once, just one at a time. And then I'll probably only get to three and then you'll take me down. But the gospel of power is a gospel of hope. So if God is shouting hope to you, He's saying prepare. Prepare for what that looks like. Lay down your squabbles, take up the gospel and move. He says, rouse the warriors. It's time for wimps to turn into warriors. Time for people to stand up and say, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word says the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. That's us. And if there's nothing wrong with God, there's nothing wrong with the harvest, there's only one thing left in the equation, isn't there? That's us. For the day of the Lord is near. We look around us and we see all over the world at the moment, wars, rumours of wars. We see stuff that looks like, could this be it? Could this be the end? If it is, what are we doing? Because we know there's gonna be an end time revival. We know that God's power is gonna be made manifest in the world. But what are we hearing? Who are we listening to? Because I've got to say, sometimes we have more fellowship with our phone than we do with the King of Kings. We have more fellowship with everything else. A good rule of thumb is, would I get away with spending the same time with my marriage partner as I would with my device? 
I reckon marriages would improve, wouldn't they? When you actually had to talk. What if we laid down this stuff? And I know you're saying, oh, I got my Bible on my phone, man. That's cool if you can keep it to your Bible. You know, you jump onto Facebook, it nullifies it all. We need to be people of the book. People with clear hearing to hear what God is saying to the church. That this message of hope overrides everything else. Because you know what? You can't heal the sick. You can't change someone's heart, but you know someone who can. Some of the best advice I can come up with is just trash compared to what's in the Bible. I read through it and it's filled with strength. It's filled with purpose. It's filled with hope. But what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do this morning? Because we need to prepare our hearts to be able to hear what the Spirit's saying, don't we? We need to work out what clears it out because sometimes I reckon this is what we want, isn't it? I want this in the morning. Neil, this is God. I want you to do one, two, three, four, five. And that's your day to day and I'll see you in the morning. Isn't it? We want it black and white. We want something so there's no faith involved at all and I can't get it wrong. Oh, sorry, that's only me. Whoops. You know, I had a friend who said to me, I'm not going to do that unless I see it in black and white. So I went home and I printed out a whole heap of stuff in black and white and hid it all over his house. And he rang me up and he said, that was you. I said, I still answered your prayer, didn't I? It's in black and white all over your house. He said, but God didn't do it. I said, well, he might've told me to do it. We expect to hear a certain way. Why can't we be open to God and say, Lord, speak to me. We need to come humble. Because Psalm 51 says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh Lord, you will not despise. You come humbly before Him. I know who I am. We know who we are. And we're prone to get it wrong, but to come before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. To be hungry. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be filled. So to actually be hungry and say, God, do something in me. Transform me so I can hear. Be honest. You ever tried to keep something from God? Like this is my level of genius. I've got this, this, these moments where I think God can't see me. Dumb. Like he created the whole universe, stars and everything created me and I think I can hide. That's gotta be, um, I think I've got a, a dumb gland and it secretes dumb into your brain, hey? Because you try and hide it. And God says, already knew. I just wanted you to fess up. Can we be honest? Just say, God, I've blown it, but I don't wanna blow it anymore. I've been angry with people I shouldn't have been angry with. My fight is not against flesh and blood. My fight's against the stuff that's going on behind it. And be holy. Do you know what the word holy simply means? To be set apart. 1 Peter 15, uh, 1, 15 to 16 says, but just as he who called you is holy, 
So be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am. So be set apart as his people for his purposes. See, we need to learn to distinguish his persons, his presence and his promptings. You know, the best way to get the Lord to speak to you is repeat these immortal words. Lord, would you speak to me? It's amazing what it does. You know, I used to go into my prayer room and I'd like, I was like one of them um, machine gun prayers. God, would you please give me done, amen, finished. And he goes, shush. I said, beg your pardon? Shush, give me a chance to get a word in edgeways, boy. I thought, oh. And he said, do you have a conversation like this with your wife? You don't just rattle off what you want and then go. He says, shush, be quiet, let me speak. And you know, sometimes it's a vision. Sometimes it's a strong sense. Sometimes it can be an emotion. Sometimes when you're reading the Word, something jumps off the page like a diamond that you see there. But you make the room and He will show up. You give the space and God will speak. You know, it used to be really rare in the Old Testament that God would speak to people. But today, it's not. He wants to speak to you more than you want to speak to Him. If you create the room, I wonder what we would hear. Would we hear that shout, hope? Would we look around us and instead of seeing problems, we see opportunities. Instead of seeing brokenness, we see the possibility of a miracle and begin to long for it. When we have a prayer meeting at church, wouldn't it be cool if it was the biggest meeting in the building? Hey, instead of the poor cousin, it's kind of like the Cinderella of the church. She's down cleaning the bricks, just waiting for something to happen. And yet we all know that is the powerhouse of the church. So I wonder today, can we listen and hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us? Can we come the ways I've described and let Him speak? And you might say, how do I know it's God's voice? How do I know it's not me or bad pizza? You know what? If it lines up with the Scripture, awesome. Chances are it's God. If it's for building up, if it's for edifying, if it's for building into people's lives, it's from God. And you know, a third way to check if you're still not convinced, find one of those. There's a Lloyd, there's a Phil, here's a me. Your leaders around you just say, hey man, I've got this, what do I do with it? You might just be thinking, I'm trying to remove all the excuses for not listening to God. And guess what? That's exactly what I'm doing. Because the freedom in hearing the voice of God is extraordinary. The passion and the zeal that builds inside you when you know your bones are on fire with it. And it's fun too. It takes you way out of that comfort zone. I oh, can I bring the worship team to join me, please?
And I wanna invite you, if you wanna hear the voice of God, I wanna invite you to stand right where you are and I'm gonna pray for you. You can do it now. Yeah, that's it. You know, the funny thing is, when, when I used to have um, older calls at my old church, I worked out if I was the first, I'd get the most. So I used to try and run to the front because I'm thinking, I don't want to miss anything that God's going to do. Now, just have a quick look around you. Now, you notice how many people are standing to their feet. And you know what? And I know that all across here, we want to hear from God. What do you reckon church will look like next week if we all hear the voice of God? What do you think worship will be like? How good would that be, Anna? Be off the chain, wouldn't it? Let me pray. Father, I want to thank You that You speak, that You know our hearts. And we come before You this morning and we ask, Lord God, we come humbly before You, honestly, knowing that we don't deserve it, but You want to speak to us anyway. Father, we honour You and we want to be set apart for You. So this morning I ask, Holy Spirit, would You speak? Give us ears to hear what You're saying to Your church this morning. Let our Bible reading come alive. Let there be a passion within us that just transforms who we are. Father, we trust You this morning with all we are and all we ever will be. In Jesus' awesome and beautiful Name. Amen.